welcome to My Shitty Podcast, So Shitty It Only Has One T. I'm your host, Adam Copeland. Thank you guys for joining me. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for telling a friend. I also want to thank my guest, Michael, for coming on and talking about improv, telling us all the ins and outs of being an improv teacher. Um, hope you guys enjoy this episode. Without further ado, let's let the cat out of the bag. Swearing like I'm fucking... <laughs> Adam Carolla, or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, don't know uh... I don't fucking care. I'll talk about fucking anything. Yeah. Um, whenever I first pulled up, it was kind of funny. Uh, I didn't know if I was at the right house because <laughs> you were like, it's the green one. And I was like, ah, oh, it's kind of dark. I can't really see. Yeah. And then I didn't see any numbers. Yes. I was like, I don't want to breaking and entering charge. <laughs> so I'll just go through the mail and see if the numbers on the mail. So I went with federal offense instead yeah. of ring. It's great. <laughs> yeah, who's this guy in the shadows going through our mail? Yeah. It's cool. I didn't want to. Oh, I didn't want to be too creepy. So just, just if the cops pull up on you, just say I'm a podcaster. <laughs> Lift up your <laughs> little briefcase. Yeah, yeah. See, see, it's official. I get a sticker. Yeah. Do, yeah. You, do you have a sticker? Like, no. No. All right, all right then you can't arrest me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we can get started if you yeah, want. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right, cool. <laughs> I'm just warming up. I'm just warming up, baby. Um, why don't we start with like just introducing yourself? This is basically just to like, yeah, um, give people an insight to what it's like to be an improv teacher. Yeah. Um, so introduce your start with introducing yourself and what you do uh, for a living. Yeah. Uh, my name is uh, Michael Jastro. Um, I own an improv theater here in Austin, Texas, and uh, what I do for a living. Uh, I, well. <laughs> I own an improv theater, so what I do for a living is an oxymoron. Uh, I have, I have at any given time, six careers I'm juggling. But uh, I, I guess uh, first and foremost is I teach uh, improv uh, a lot yeah. to uh, people, young aspiring comedians and uh, housewives and uh, salespeople. <laughs> a broad spectrum of, uh, of types of people who want to learn. Yeah, yeah. Whatever it is, I'm, I'm slinging. <laughs> Um, you were actually my improv teacher, my first, my level one improv teacher, I know. as a matter of fact. You remember? I scammed you out of all your money. It was all <laughs> bullshit, everything I said. You actually taught me a, a lot. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm being glib. <laughs> I, well, I do. I, I do feel like, you know, I got into this because I want to do comedy first and foremost. And so always in the back of my head is the fear that I'm running some sort of elaborate scam where <laughs> I'm taking people's money and like, you know, giving them bullshit. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm the dude in the mid market town that's uh, teaching comedy classes. <laughs> like, I don't want to be I want to you know, if I'm going to do something, I want to do it right. And so like, I'm always like, I don't feel like I'm a con artist, but I'm always like constantly in a feedback loop of checking it against myself. Like, okay, I'm actually providing value for the money I'm charging. Right. I'm not yeah. like giving. So like when I say stuff like that, like it was a con, that's my defense mechanism. Uh, that's the way, that's the way I, I gut check myself to make sure that I'm <laughs> because it's so easy for people in like like quote unquote big fish in small ponds or like people in my position which you know a comedy teacher in a mid-market town it's so easy to slide into the role of like half-assed shitty guru and yeah I've been around in the uh, Des Moines comedy scene for 50 years <laughs> I know what's up yeah. and like <laughs> You know, my my life and my career is what it is, but I don't want to 
wake up and be 60 years old and like that guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Twisty mustache. And like, yeah. Well, actually. Yeah, actually. Uh, uh, excuse me. Yeah, I never went to L.A. Because <laughs> uh, I didn't want to deal with the bullshit, not because I was secretly afraid that I might fail. I, <laughs> I think that's why I'm not in LA right now. <laughs> yeah, well, that's why we're all not in LA. It's like I'll just do really well in Austin and yeah. then move to LA from there. Yeah, it'll be yeah. perfect. Um, that hasn't. Yeah, I'm st- I'm still perfecting the Austin uh, comedy hey, scene. You and me both. <laughs> you and me both. Brother. I, b- I bought my way in. <laughs> I, I entrepreneured my way in. <laughs> Is that what happened? How did you get to a like a place where you essentially own a theater? Like, uh, like accident. Uh, <laughs> Um, well, you know, it was one of those things where it was like, flashback to 2005, the internet, uh, pre-smartphone. Um, you know, there was a belief um, that, you know, hey, uh, the market is changing. If we could, you know, gatekeepers are going down, man. We can make it here. We can make it anywhere. And um, we don't need to be in L.A. because the internet... Yeah. Not realizing, fully realizing that owning a theater itself would take you away from, even even if that were true, you could make it big anywhere and you didn't have to move to like an industry town. Yeah. The act of owning a physical com- a space would prevent you from pursuing the thing, you know, <laughs> yeah. that you wanted to pursue. But <laughs> yeah. like, so that's the cynical <laughs> version. But the, the, um, the uncynical version is also like, you know, like we opened it, we were like 27 we did have that kind of like punk rock ideal, like fuck it, let's open up our own, you know, our yeah. own space and like, uh, um, you know, we don't need to buy into like the corporate, you know, comedy machine. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, I am willing to sell out at this point. So if anyone's, uh, um, <laughs> anyone's interested, yeah, I learned my lesson. I'm sorry. Uh, Hollywood, anyone, if anyone wants to buy, um, wants to do a theater swap in yeah, LA, yeah. like come out and, you know, just, yeah. Uh, no, but you know, so we, we just, you know, we're in the kind of right place at the right time. And we knew some people that, uh, and Austin was a different town back then. So you could bootleg in a theater and uh find reasonably cheap space to rent yeah um and so uh yeah so so yeah so <laughs> so yeah that's yeah. it cool man yeah you just kind of started paying rent there like, yeah but just a, yeah. <laughs> i mean honestly that was like we got to town the, I just, we got to town and there wasn't a um wasn't really an alternative comedy space um in the vein of UCB or the IO in Chicago and the theaters that we kind of came up through that was a comedy theater for people still learning their craft and that had the opportunity for you to throw anything up. There was, you know, a couple of open mics in town, but they were at two drink minimum comedy clubs. And, you know, there was Esther's Follies and uh, the hideout that did improv. Um, but there was no like hole in the wall comedy space. Um, and so we, Kind of saw a niche, uh, niche, uh, for niche, niche. How do you pronounce it? Uh, niche? Uh, it feels weird saying niche. And niche is, yeah. it sounds niche. like a, it sounds like a, like a guru or something. Yeah. Yeah. And then Nietzsche he, said that, right? Nietzsche, yeah. Nietzsche said that every city, every mid market city needs a small comedy theater. That's right. Um, well, you know, and we, there was a, there was, but there was a, there was a hole in the, uh, in the, 
landscape uh, that needed filling. Yeah. And so we filled it. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. Um, what uh, What's like the biggest, I don't know, what's the biggest takeaway that people should get from improv? Like what's what's the most... What's the most lucrative lesson that you can give, like, a student? Most lucrative? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't be an improviser. <laughs> be a stand-up. That's I the most lucrative. <laughs> financially lucrative. Um, yeah, that's true. No, uh, yeah, it I mean, depends what your goals are, I guess. But um, Sure. No, I mean, really, like... It's lucrative for, like, acting and stuff, Oh, yeah, too, yeah, yeah. And, and um, I don't know, if you've got, like, a fear of getting up on stage. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Um, I just... I, I can only speak to like myself, like my mm-hmm. personal experience. Um, I remember I just always being like a goofball in class. Um, <laughs> not really. A, I don't really know about like theater arts. I kind of came from a small town. Yeah. Um, where that probably, if I could have like exercised that muscle, I probably would have acted out less. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I remember the first thing, well, not, maybe not be the first thing, but uh, the first thing that stuck with me was like, all right, we're professionals now. Like don't go straight for the dick and fart jokes. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's that's my niche. <laughs> <laughs> that's your niche. <laughs> um, so it really like forced me to be like, there's come on, there's another joke there. Like you don't have to go yeah. for uh and it's helped me, I guess, a little bit like reach for less low hanging fruit. Yeah. Uh if I may speak to that so unintelligently. No, it's I mean I and I love low hanging fruit, but uh <laughs> yeah, I'm I really staying d- away from it. Yeah, I'm, sta- I'm not talking about I, but but it's also like I mean, here's for me, like, at least comedically, the biggest lesson, uh, something that I've been kind of churning over in my brain. Um, You know, everyone has an intuitive sense that, you know, for something to be funny, it can't just be a bunch of crazy shit happening on stage, whether it's in stand-up or uh, an improv or sketch. You know, there's uh, um, every joke needs both a setup and a punchline, right? It needs True. something to ground it to reality and then it needs something weird or surprising to release that tension or to take the audience off guard to generate that laugh. Right. And at least with improv, you know, one of the, like I get self-conscious when I have stand-ups in class cuz I'm like uh, I like I almost like apologize for or warn them like, "Hey, I do this to make people laugh, but I'm also going to be spending the next eight weeks talking about being real and emotions and <laughs> yeah. listening and re- and being honest and like all these like and learning how to be yourself on stage. Because like that chunk of things to me is the setup to our punchlines. And if and most people like once in a while, I'll get hired to like punch up someone's like a uh, corporate script, whether it's like a training video or like someone's presentation. Yeah. And, you know, it's never like it's almost never their funny idea the weird shit that's yeah. the problem it's the fact that they didn't set it up right like if a joke so if a joke or improv or a sketch scene isn't landing it's a lot of times that's the fault with the premise is the setup more than it is the the punchline i, I maybe yeah. it's different for stand up but at least an improv uh, and sketch that tends to be the thing so that that's something like for me it's like yeah, the realness and the emotions have to come first, and then we can start worrying about comedy. Not because I want to make theater with an RE, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. But because I want to be as funny as I possibly can. Sure. Um, and that's something that, like, if you're going into this like I was, wanting to make comedy, you may not be, even be focused on that. You may be thinking, ah, I got I to gotta say something weird or funny. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's so, like, if I teach when I have stand-ups in class, like 
they got the funny part down that the soccer mom might not have down, but I, then I've got to like, hey guys, it's okay. Don't uh, yeah. don't be funny. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I mean, just, I'm not saying don't be funny, but just stop trying to be funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah focus yeah. on this. <laughs> um, um, I love the the emptying your brain part of like improv. Yeah. Uh, it's, it also, I've done some stand up as well. I don't feel comfortable saying like oh, i'm a stand-up comic because uh, i'm not paying bills with it by any means <laughs> anything is costing me money yeah um that's but, i mean that's a truism for almost everyone in austin yeah, i feel yeah, yeah so am i uh yeah so uh, the, just the, like the emptying your brain exercise like mm-hmm. just don't go up there with a joke loaded like mm-hmm. this is improv uh let's yeah let's let's make it like organic the- um the big revelation for me, like, and I haven't done a lot of stand-up, um, and that I should, everyone should hear that as me saying I have never done stand-up, uh, or not done stand-up. I've done stand-up, like, three times. Uh, yeah, but, which is funny. I, I can't remember what comic said it, but, like, you just do it once, and, like, you're a stand-up comic, which is a weird thing. They bring yeah. you up, and they're like, I think it may have been Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah. It's like, hey, everybody, welcome stand-up comic Jerry Seinfeld. I was like, whoa, this is my first open mic ever. <laughs> <laughs> they're already calling me a stand-up. Like, this is rough. So, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you. no, no. Um, I uh, I haven't done um, stand up a lot, but uh, I used to do more sketch. And the revelation for me was um, treating my scripted material the same way, I, approaching it the same way I did improv. In that, you'd learn it so good that you could then forget it and really be present to your the people you're on stage with, and also the audience, yeah. so that you could. Um, be open and affected by what's happening in the room. And, you know, the problem with any scripted work, whether it's like stand up or, um, or, or a sketch or comedic monologue is when you're so, when you're still trying to remember the words and and that's coming before your presence as a human being, you're, Uh, you're cutting yourself off from the audience and reducing the amount of laughs you're going to get. Yeah. 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 (laughs) You need to know it so well that you can forget it. Very true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, if you're not practicing it, which is my always my downfalls, because I, I don't dedicate enough time to stand up or yeah. uh, improv. Or well, st- speaking to stand up just specifically, um, I don't. If I just put in more like time, yeah, if I, I just got more reps in. Yeah. I would be so much better. <laughs> but, um, that, that's true for every. But like with stand up, especially, it's like yeah, you got to take this five minute set and do it every night of the week in like the worst situations like the the most inhumane situations yeah. all around town <laughs> at <laughs> shitty terrible bars for no one and yeah. and that's other key, other com- uh, other comedians other, other comedians <laughs> and like some of whom are awesome and like some of the best funniest people i've ever met uh, let's be honest some of whom are uh dirtbag fucks yeah <laughs> it's <laughs> like and, and these are not the comedians that like you know, I want to hang out with, uh, yeah. but you know, like the, the open micers, I think is the disparaging, uh, sure. You know? Yeah. Uh, so yeah. like that, like every time I'm like, ah, I should do stand up for my career. I'm like, I think I go out every night of the week. <laughs> yeah. The work. And like, the thought yeah. of it's so exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't mind. It's not the, it's the work. It's like the emotional drain of like eating shit in a, a fucking pizza parlor. Yeah. You know no, that's true. <laughs> that's true. I mean, the same goes for improv too. Like you'll have this, I'll just get so pumped up yeah. after like a really good uh, show. Like, and this could be for no one, mm-hmm. but just like for myself, like, man, I, I crushed. I did really good. Yeah. Um, and it could be for like a room full of people, but nothing 
beats like the feeling of like I just went up there and got killed for you know yeah. three minutes even yeah. you know <laughs> or thirty seconds or that one line I said that one thing yeah. uh, that was funny and um, I, and I wrote it and uh, yeah yeah, yeah. Um, nothing feels better than that but yeah. also when it just gets like nothing yeah and it falls short and you know even knowing like it's this is funny like I've I've done this before it's it landed well. Um, I believe in it, mm-hmm. and that just like totally takes the wind out of myself. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, maybe I'll go back to selling cars, yeah. which I never have sold a car before. Well, it's not too late. Uh, <laughs> you're a young man. Uh, you, you've never sold a car before because you suck at your job or because... <laughs> um, yeah, I, I guess I just haven't tried it. I haven't applied myself as a car salesman. Yeah. I need to get out there and do it. Get though. out there. Get out there. Should, it's a numbers yeah. game. Yeah, it is. I've heard. <laughs> it really is. I've heard. Um, like stand- stand-up's a numbers game. That's true. Yeah. Very true. You tell tell twenty jokes, three of them, uh, three of them land. Yeah, you know, seventeen fall short. Well, that's like funny me, like my the golf. If I'm up there with a partner or playing a character, um, I can emotionally process eating shit. But if I go up there with sure. something I've written and uh, that's ostensibly some version of me mm-hmm. by myself. Like there's nothing for my fragile ego to hide behind. <laughs> yeah, and so the thought of the, this is the thing that literally keeps me from doing stand up is uh, one of the things where it's like I like I'll start like planning out a set list. Well, yeah, it'd be funny if I say that. It'd be funny if I say that. But if they don't laugh, <laughs> then it's gonna be really quiet. <laughs> it's gonna be, and then uh, and then everyone will hate me. Yeah, and, uh, I'll have to go home and. Be with myself. Have to get naked and take a shower. Yeah, and just deal with fetal position. That. <sighs> you know, maybe I'll just go do some improv. And then it's like, oh, it sucked tonight. Well, it was well, just improv. Yeah. I didn't do any work. <laughs> yeah. or, I went up there with nothing. Yeah. Come on, give me a break. Yeah, What'd you like, do? Yeah. <laughs> or it's like there. a sketch. Like, oh, they, it was the other person's fault. <laughs> like, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Or, oh, the tech booth missed a cue. Yeah, yeah. They. they <laughs> Uh, there's nothing there's plenty to hide me to hide behind yeah they never pass me the ball yeah exactly (laughs) which is to say i have so much respect for stand-ups uh that are that you know uh the non the non-dirt bags (laughs) that crush it because it's like that's yeah whatever emotional hurdle i can't get over like the fact that they're able to do that and put themselves in that position yeah which to me is infinitely more vulnerable than improv um for sure is uh, amazing. You got to be coming from a place where there's just pretty much zero feelings. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's how they do it. They're dead inside. They're dead oh, inside. well, I can do that. <laughs> Which... I've been practicing that for almost 40 years. I'm close to it at yeah. least, you know? <laughs> yeah. I'm an empty husk. Oh, man. What's the uh, what's the hardest lesson to teach somebody, like to, to teach a class? Or like, what's the biggest obstacle that you, you find yourselves like coming up with? Yeah. Okay, you're in a... Uh, fallout shelter again or you're in a zoo now um you're 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 a zookeeper yeah well giving suggestions is a whole like if i see another fucking laundromat scene i'll like uh <laughs> yeah so coming so that's a, that's actually an interesting challenge that like i i sometimes joke around about where it's like as a teacher like i, I watch i watch 20 hours of this shit a week yeah i i've I I don't know. Uh, do a scene. Your cops. I don't. I, I can't see another cop scene. I don't know. Uh, so I'll like sit there, like punch my brain, like, oh, what's another thing that I haven't <laughs> seen this week, so I can at least be engaged with this. Yeah. Um. Uh. But that's more like 
dumb. Like, and that that to me is amusing. That that's a th- that that's a thing. That's a thing. Yeah. That, like you wouldn't think like, oh, you teach improv. It must be so like, yeah. It's real hard coming up with new shit to say every. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, especially when you're living in it, like you're, yeah. you're basically like I, you're engulfed, and like it's it's your whole life. Improv, yeah. like at the theater. You're teaching classes. Mm-hmm. You're still out there doing it. Like you're, yeah. It's, it is your whole lifestyle. It's it's interesting. Well, it's, it's it is an interesting, like a unplanned side effect. And the jury's out on how I feel about this. But um, teaching and I love teaching improv and I love watching improv. And nothing fills me up more than watching my students that I've taught succeed. Um, but there comes a point in every week where I'm like, I you know, my entire social circle is literally. Uh, two blocks away from me. Yeah. And any night of the week, I could go hang out, see this art form that I've dedicated my life to. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, I've already watched like 15 hours of this shit. I can't. <laughs> yeah. I can't it's... watch another just good improv show. Like, yeah, yeah that was good. Like, it's like, I gotta, like, I gotta watch something about serial killers or like go, and, you know what I mean? I have to <laughs> sure, like, yeah. yeah, you gotta change it up a little bit. Yeah, you can't it's... have vanilla ice cream all week long yeah. and not like, I think I'm going to go for Rocky or chocolate. Yeah. Or just something different. Just, just to change it up. It's just like, you know, when you do something, it's like the thrills, the thrill, uh, the excitement doesn't go away, but it's not as, you know, it takes more. Sure. Yeah. It's, it's got to be like a porno actress, like probably doesn't enjoy sex as much as, you know, <laughs> the average schmo. Yeah. Like, I- it, let's keep it sex or I, let's keep it sex positive maybe I, that's a good question I don't know I'm, like, I'm sure I'm sure there are that I'm not saying that across, this is, it's a broad statement at a certain point uh, at a certain point a construction you've seen it. yeah, yeah okay. you, let's let's go yeah let's go construction worker yeah his house is usually the one that needs the most work on the block yeah right? there, yes anyway, there you go it, yeah. That. yeah he's so sick of hammering yeah <laughs> <laughs> and drilling uh, yeah and you know riveting yeah, yeah. Uh, anyways um, <laughs> uh but the, like the hardest thing to teach people yeah is there a, i don't know is there just like an obstacle that's like ah, oh, this is the, always yeah. if you can break through this like you'll be fine you know most of the time it's um learning how to take the work seriously and then at the same time not give a fuck about because that is being pretty good yeah that's and that's not something it's something you can kind of point them towards but they they won't get there until they experience it and for some people uh, and i count myself among among this group it took me like 3 years to feel comfortable doing improv uh and not just be like bad at it because i wanted to be so i wanted to be good at this thing so much that it actively kept me from being good um, yeah, and that for some people, some people have no problem with that, and fuck them. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> There's plenty of improv that I've seen that I'm like, God damn, I hate that guy. He's fucking hilarious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> every time, effortlessly, and just you know, and it has a great attitude about it. To yeah. show up to rehearsal, do all the work, and put the reps in, and yeah, you know, the, this again, the uh, improv equivalent of open miking is you know rehearsing and being in class and. But then also, if they don't get a part, they also don't they have a meltdown. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like they have a bad show. They're like, oh, it was a bad show. It's like, um, and so <laughs> so for the people that are really like goal oriented, you know, they can still be good at improv, but they have to let go. It, it's almost they have to um, stop giving a shit about yeah. it, and that's <laughs> that's hard for some people. It took me. I had to do a hallucinogenic 
drugs to figure that out. Did you really? Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> I nice. I was terrible at improv until I <laughs> tripped for the first time. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I. Uh, what do you mind talking about like no uh, yeah what uh what drug did you take that was just like, just mushrooms uh like i never i was always scared of hallucinating uh because i'm a little crazy and uh um uh well i'll keep some of the details uh let's just say that the theater the first draft of the theater syllabus was uh written collectively <laughs> by <laughs> nice. all the teachers hallucinating <laughs> very nice yeah yeah uh and um yeah it was i, I mean it was just a you know, it was uh, it was just a the weird hard reset on my control oriented brain. Yeah, I get that. I um basically I, I had a similar situation where uh, I took a, it was DMT like mm-hmm. um and it was a buddy of mine. It was I don't know. He, I was like, oh cool, I've heard a lot about it, and yada yada yada. Long story short, I'm not trying to make this about me. I'm no. trying trying to keep the podcast eighty twenty. Yeah, you know, <laughs> um, but. Uh, and I've talked about it on the show before, so, um, but I had a breakthrough with like DMT where I was kind of struggling with some, yeah, some hurdles and, um, I don't know, like I'd never done it again, uh, since then. And like, I got, I took what I needed from it. Anyways, that's, that's interesting. Whenever you said like, yeah, yeah. I mean, if I discovered it when I was like 20, I'd be fucking, (laughs) I'd be be, like living in the forest right now, but uh, fortunately I discovered, I did it when I was a little later and I was like, Oh, that's uh, exhausting. Yeah. The energy to do that (laughs) again. I'm in the same boat. I'm like, I had to clear out all tomorrow too. Oh man. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 24 hours just to get over it. Oh man. I don't know if I could do it. A whole weekend. We read, uh, the head of, Profound religious experience reading Garfield. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was great. Did you really? No, that's an exaggeration. But there was a picture of the Garfield team in the back of the book, and a few of us were like gathered around it, just staring at the team, and it they looked like uh, souls trapped in purgatory, just yeah. like struggling to get out. Oh man! Of it, like I'm here. I'm trapped. This is my career. I'm. This is what. I have reached the top of my career, and it's Garfield, and I'm trapped. <laughs> so I don't know. That wasn't necessarily a profound religious experience. It was just funny to see, think about. <laughs> yeah, oh I'm God. Garfield's publicist. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I pull down a quarter million dollars a year. Could be cool. I make a lot of money. I got a sweet house and a wife and uh, kids and a Porsche. Yeah. But I'm Garfield's publicist. <laughs> no, not Jim Davis's publicist. Garfield's publicist. I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, we yeah. like to maintain the illusion for the kids. Yeah, we've got a contract with Stouffer's. Yeah, uh, lasagna. Do they? <laughs> no, I don't know. I would assume so. He gets nuts about lasagna, you know. Yeah, no, Garfield is nuts about lasagna. It's lasagna, and he hates Mondays. Ugh. Yeah. God, Boy, so got Mondays. I just got rid of. So I'm a. Uh, we're recording this in my office, and um, which makes it sound more official. It's a fucking room in my house. <laughs> yeah. I had an office in my last house. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm, I could, like, I used to hoard books, my books, and I just, like, a year ago got rid of, like, the Garfield books that I've been carting around since, <laughs> like, third grade. And I was like, I was like, I can't, I was, I was like, I can't get rid of these books. I can't get rid of these books. And I was like, I, when was the last time I opened one of these 10 Garfield books? Yeah. What the fuck am I? Yeah, man. I've, I've, 
I just had to go through again. Try not to make this about me. So I'll no, 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 no. Quickly, I'm, <laughs> um, I'm, just moved out of said house yeah. uh, and had to get rid of a ton of shit and had that same head conversation yeah. uh, with myself. Um, so I just downsized pretty much everything. Threw away a ton of books yeah. and just garbage. I didn't throw away a ton of books. I threw away my Garfield books. <laughs> Still got, still got the other ton of books. Yeah, but I still have everything else. <laughs> Garfield books. No Garfield books anywhere in this house. Yeah. To my knowledge. <laughs> Unless someone came in and hid one like in the vent or something. Uh the most lucrative thing for me, like when trying to downsize, mm-hmm. was <laughs> I was and I do this every time, like I move or, or go to a place, I'll uh, I'll open up a box and be like, oh, yeah, oh, look, this is a birthday card from four years ago. Yeah. Let me just read You read it and you're like, oh, look at this picture. This is a picture mm-hmm. from a uh, first improv class. Oh, that's pretty good. I'll remember that show. And then you look at the clock and it's like 3 a.m. Like, holy shit, I yep. got to throw all this away. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that helped. Yeah. Uh, I had a few of those where I was like, fuck, I got to be out in two days. I just, uh, it was just at my, my mom's moving out of my childhood home and I had to go through a bunch of shit that I had stored there. Um, and like, I just, there's actually a box in the corner of this office here that has yeah. all my yearbooks and like all the shit that like I hadn't seen and like I was like oh I'm gonna have so much fun looking at this I, I looked at it for like 10 seconds I'm like oh fucking fuck no. this yeah. <laughs> I don't know I don't know I had to throw away my yearbooks <clears throat> how do you feel about that like why do we why do we keep them I, I still know. I haven't thrown mine out yet I mean I like I don't know, I'm gonna be 80 one day and Are you can thumb through them I forgot there's I saw like a screenshot that somebody I'm Facebook friends with, mm-hmm. like from in eighth grade, and I remembered zero people. Like yeah. even including the person that picked took the picture and put it up online. Like I don't even remember a name. I remember I remember quite a few people from uh high school. Uh I but I didn't really stay in touch with any of them and that wasn't like it was partially them. I just hated I I was I, I hated high school so much. And I was so like looking and eager to get the fuck out of Dodge and not yeah. look back. And I, you know, that was more about me than anyone else, uh, ultimately. Sure. Um, uh, but, um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know why. I guess, <laughs> you know, you never know. I might want to go through and try to figure out what. <laughs> Oh, I do know why, because I went to high school with uh, John Mayer, and no one believes me. So Did you I, really? Yeah. I've heard you say this before. <laughs> yeah. We can fucking look. I can find oh his picture. Oh, my God. Uh, Seriously? Yeah, I wasn't... He didn't, don't have a signature. Uh, yeah, I went to... Um, fuck, he had this band, and it was like sounded like uh, Dave Matthews' band <laughs> I can't in high believe school. this. And like, we had like a spring... Um, Battle of the Bands thing every year, and yeah, like, keep that yearbook by the way. Well, yeah, yeah, but but I had a I had a tape, almost I uh, like my friends' bands playing. We I got I somehow was like in the AV thing and like got off class all day to tape this Battle of the Bands, and during John Mayer's set, like we purposely turned the camera to point at a chair and shut off all the sound. <laughs> so there's this tape that exists. <laughs> Where it's like John Mayer takes the stage to play this like early, early thing. And then we point it at a fucking chair and shut off the sound and then point it back as he's saying his thank yous. It's like, we didn't know. We didn't know John Mayer would be a thing. So we were like, and then of course there's, you know, tons of footage of my friend's Rush cover band. You know what I mean? That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, let's, let's, uh. They're about to do Tom Sawyer. Let's make sure we get a. You get the medium. I'll get the tight, and uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> so good. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. What was old John John Mayer like? John Mayer. I mean, I didn't really know him. Like, I just, uh, you know, I knew him by rep, uh, yeah. as you can expect what his rep was. But, like, musically, like, you know, you know, well, you, you've heard John Mayer. Like, musically, <laughs> yep. not my cup of tea. That's not my okay. Cup of tea. Yeah. I think that's lots of Lots of blues licks. Yeah, lots of he he described them as licks, and that that I was like, I was like, fuck it, man, let's let's listen to the Ramones. Yeah, stop whacking off. Yeah, I've got the same musical taste, so yeah. I, I could you yeah, know, I, I could I would rather listen to the Ramones than yeah. your body's a wonderland. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah exactly. you know, to, to each his own though. So not to hey, uh, we're we're in a <laughs> we're in a dank room <laughs> in a dog piss covered rug. <laughs> Uh, John Mayer's uh, on a yacht somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Just what uh, do we know? Yeah, what do we know? What do I? Why? Why am I so? We, why am I so full of myself? We film chairs. Yeah, yeah. We, we know what you know. We know what's best. I mean, he's living like Garfield's life. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> um, <laughs> do you want? To- <laughs> Do you want to do uh, a lightning round of questions? I'll do whatever you want. <laughs> uh, I just pulled this up for no reason at all. Um, I thought, <laughs> <laughs> presumably for the podcast. Well, for the podcast, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, uh, I just looked. I have these questions that I wrote for you, like as far as like improv goes. Sure. But I, mean, I thought it'd be funny if I asked you a bunch of general questions um, that I that I wrote when I first like started this podcast. Awesome! Um, I love it. Just because sometimes I'll have um, people on that take the questions really seriously. Yeah. And I feel like you can either answer these serious or unserious if you want to. But uh, I'm looking at these questions and they're, some of them are kind of funny. Um, what's the most uncomfortable situation you've had at work that like also yeah. would be funny for an improv teacher, I guess? Or maybe not. Yeah, like work, work in its totality, or um, work like specifically improv teacher, because I could go uh, either or. Yeah, well, let's do improv teacher. We'll keep it focused on that. Uh, okay. I gotta, I've I have I've lived many lives. Um, yeah, how did you get to improv before you go uh, <laughs> <going>? Sorry. <laughs> no, well, again, I tried to. I, I'll I, go back to that. Sorry, yeah, I'll go yeah, back to yeah, the improv. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Most uncomfortable uh, situation at improv. The the thing that um, okay, so so this is I'm gonna general thing without throwing anyone under the bus. Yeah, um, it, it, it's, it's a vulnerable place to teach someone um, how to creative, and you know, uh, I'm find it to be a wonderful uh gift and opportunity to be able to help people access their creativity yeah that said the several times at parties i've been cornered by people who are having deep psychological issues or self-esteem problems and they need to talk about their as if i'm a therapist but i make far less money than a therapist i make yeah. like i look i'll do the therapist job but you got to pay me. Yeah, I mean, you get compensated four times as much sure. as I make teaching improv. Sure. So, so the most uncomfortable thing, and I don't want to throw anyone in particular under the bus. Sure, but like, um, just some, you know, people like, hey, um, yeah, I had this thought in class. Um, how do I find self worth? 
And uh, it's like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, you figure it out and tell me. Yeah. I'm fucking, I'm a wreck. I'm I don't know. Yeah. 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 Teaching improv yeah. over here. I just hate myself when I'm uh, performing and uh, around people. And I think everyone hates me. I'm like, it's me too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have answers for you. I don't know. <laughs> I'm up there singing and dancing. Yeah. I feel the and same he, way, buddy. Yeah. So, um, and then once in a blue moon, um, we've been lucky with this at Cold Town. Um, in general, uh, once in a blue moon, you get a teacher or a student rather teacher of two, uh, probably, but a student who's like just an absolute monster, like just was not socialized, doesn't know how to like, um, you know, uh, behave around. Let's be honest. It's usually they don't know how to like not be creepy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You get uh, creepy uncle Randy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a character uh, of mine. Actually. Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> it's only happened like a small handful out of the thousands of people that have come through the ranks. It's a small handful of times where it's been like, oh, what the fuck? Yeah, oh, yeah. Get away from me, dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so, you know, for, fortunately, it's been, uh, again, I don't <laughs> there might be legal repercussions for getting too specific. So. <laughs> we'll give it a thought. Yeah. <laughs> um, hardest time you've ever laughed at work? Uh, hardest I've ever laughed at uh, work. Um, so I performed with this guy named Bob McNichol, um, who uh, um, is maybe the funniest person I've ever met, and he's <laughs> super deadpan. You wouldn't know it just talking to him in like day to life. If you talk to people who don't know him in improv context, they're like, "Bob does comedy." Yeah, um, just the most amazing brain, um, uh, and literally like every time I do a show with him or or. Uh, rehearse with him or it's just something has come out of his mouth that destroys me <laughs> oh you know <laughs> i do remember the funniest improv scene like it was a rehearsal yeah for a touring company show and this thing almost killed us like you, you know there's an ice cream company called carvel uh in the <laughs> no. northeast and they had they have these character cakes uh like <laughs> called cookie puss it's like and they have these commercials like i'm cookie push the character cake <laughs> it's an ice cream cake yeah and we improvise this scene <laughs> wait the it's like a radio show no commercial? no it's it's a yeah it's like you can look it on youtube carvel cookie puss okay uh, um it's this actual thing in the northeast and we improvise I'm sorry. Oh, no, what you say the, the cookies have character the cookies are characters it's a essentially. cake it's an ice cream cake in the shape of a wacky, a funny character named gotcha. Cookie Puss. Okay. We did an improv scene of an ice cream shop that had a character named Cookie Face. <laughs> but Cookie Face was just a, like, it was like a, a Saw-like uh, horror movie, like uh, Hellraiser-like <laughs> like character. It was an actual person who had, like, cookies grafted onto his face. <laughs> it loses something. We did a sketch version of this. It didn't, it didn't turn out. But, like, I don't think I've ever laughed hard. I'm <laughs> just thinking back to it now. Like we were on the, we were laughing so hard. We were on the floor, crawling over the stage. This isn't a rehearsal. No one ever saw this. Trying to finish the scene, but we couldn't finish it because we were laughing so hard. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, it's good whenever you're. <clears throat> excuse me. It's good whenever you're trying to perform and yeah. like you're losing it. Up yeah. There. <laughs> Midnight. Um, Midnight Society and some of the people that used to be in Midnight Society were a bunch of our very first students. And so like those early years of the theater where there wasn't that many actual audience members and there wasn't that many students and it was like, you know, 30 of us just just fucking making low stakes jokes. Yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> just ripping yeah. out there. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good. 
<laughs> um, I, don't, I don't know if cookie face translates. It, it, you maybe had I to be there. I can see it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I can see it. <laughs> YouTube cookie face character cake. It's a <laughs> poor representation of what actually happened in the room, but it's a... Uh, <laughs> this is a dark question. Has yeah. work ever <laughs> has work interfered with your personal relationship or ruined a relationship? Oh, yeah. I've lost almost every good friend I've had through <laughs> the improv. Really? <laughs> yeah, uh, I've destroyed. Uh, I've destroyed some of the most meaningful relationships of my life uh, because of um, business ownership. Um, oh yeah, that's can you know uh, that that's one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, teaching improv. And for lack of a better word, being a community leader um, (laughs) complicates relationships. I have friends, you know, people that have been around since the beginning that I'm good friends with. But especially in this day and age and the bigger the community has gotten, um, I have to be for my own self, be very protective of the teacher student boundaries. So uh, that goes from me the possibility of me abusing power, right? Which I'm sure. concerned concerned with, um, just morally on my end. But it also goes with like for me, like you know, on some level, I'm in charge of people's creative future. So if I have to make a business or a creative decision um, that affects someone's ability to do the thing they love, if I am friends with them or have gotten close to them and they get angry at me, it hurts me. It hurts me. Yeah. And I have had to be a little more judicious and cautious over the years with the relationships I form with students and performers because, you know, I've got to sometimes be the bad guy. And like if there's a relationship there, it complicates that. And um, uh, now, most, I'll say this 90% of the people at the theater don't. Um, are able to handle these, you know, separate personal and business, uh, uh, and it's fine. You know, if I, you know, if something, someone has to get cut or something happens, a decision gets made at the theater, it doesn't come around and become a personal problem between me and someone else. But I've just learned over the years it happened. It had it happened enough where the business end of things have gotten in the way and damaged relationships. Where I'm just sure. a little more like, all right, we're not like I love you're awesome. I'm not going to be your friend yeah, yeah. <laughs> until you've been around longer <clears throat> or, you know, um, yeah. I mean, that it, that sounds harsher than it is, but like I've just, you know. I get that. I yeah. don't hang out. Yeah, no. That's <laughs> <laughs> I didn't play, let me put it this way. I did not play this many video games until I opened an improv theater. <laughs> I totally understand. Yeah. Like that's, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, it, it's complicated. It complicates things. For sure. For sure. Um, let's see. What's the most of- offensive thing someone's uh, ever said to you at work? Oh, <laughs> ever said anything super yeah. offensive to you at work? Um, I gotta think about that one. I mean, you okay. know, in the context of like, well, like, I... okay. So here's this is the worst thing, and you know, this is a, it's a comedy theater, so sure. it's usually going to be in the context of performing. Yeah. Um. So okay. Sidebar. First, most offensive thing someone said to me at work was call me a petty tyrant. Uh, <laughs> but they like meant it. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been resolved. Um, <laughs> someone did a sketch on our stage um, where the essential premise was um, uh, the uh, a uh, rapist 
Oh, gosh. Yeah, so it's already bad, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, a rapist convinces the girl that he's crawled into the window to attack. Oh, he ne- man. He negs her into wanting it. Um, uh, How do you overcome that? How so do you this happened this? on stage. I saw, I saw this. Silence in the room. Yeah. Right? Uh, fortunately, not a big house. So, uh, and um, the perpetrator of the sketch uh, said, like, yeah, I wanted to prove... Uh, kind of like came back. No one laughed. He's like, I huh, guess they didn't like it. Uh, and I was like, don't you dare ever do that on this stage again. Yeah. Like, cause it was, you know, ill conceived from the start and clearly like, it was just a, a, a mess. Yeah. And his thing was like, his thing was like, uh, like yeah, I wanted to prove that you could do, you could do a funny rape show. I'm like, well, you didn't. You didn't. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So good for you. That had to be the most offensive uh, uh, thing. And fortunately, again, that's you know the anom- that's the exception and not the uh, culture. Uh, yeah. Fortunately. Um, biggest misconception uh, ever uh, about my job. Yeah. Or? Like, oh, isn't it hilarious? Is it fun? Like, aren't you in stitches all the time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that's pretty much it. That uh, it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much it. I kind of answered that question. Yeah. Too. I mean, it is. It is in a uh, biggest misconception. Is um, uh, well, I mean, I mean, I'm like, I, I make my own hours, and uh, that's nice. And you know, I, I all sorts of stuff. So, I do get this a lot. Like, oh, man chained to this desk you have so much freedom i'm like yeah i really don't (laughs) i really don't because i have to work like twice as much and i don't know where my next paycheck is coming so yeah yeah you know don't don't saddle that it like i'll trade interesting career for money (laughs) yeah like i'll swap yeah grass is always greener on the uh, other side yeah 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 yeah, it's good to say it's complicated it's not uh it's not i'm not like sitting around like but I do whatever I want. I'm drinking coffee all day. I was like, oh, I'm fucking working. <laughs> Have you ever learned any life lessons from your job? Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, it's Im- improv, you know, the good, um, I'm much more patient and forgiving and, um, uh, uh, easier on myself and others, um, and little and less controlling. Um, and for those people who, who might know me, you're like, "What? <laughs> no, you're not." It's like, "Oh, no, yeah, no, I am." I was just intolerable. <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, so I think all those general improv lessons, like, um, you know, at least help me get more of a touch with the better parts of my personality. Sure. Um, um <laughs> for the most part, you should have seen me before improv. It was uh, <laughs> really. <laughs> What'd you do before improv? No, I, I well, I was a editor at a magazine, and I, I like interpersonally and socially, I was fine, but just professionally, especially, like I was very, um, I was just, t- I was just tightly wound person, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, still, I'm a tightly wound person, but I was like real, real tightly wound. And she used a lot of excuse me's and well, actually, yeah, a lot of actually, and I'm still the, I'm still an actually guy, which is why I, I teach uh, that ex, but I'm still that guy. Yeah. But way less. <laughs> uh, actually. Well, actually. Yeah. He's my favorite guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you remember the first time someone ever took up for you? What do you mean took up? Like, uh, has anybody ever, like, hey, Michael's a good guy. Like, you don't have to. Don't push him around. Don't he's push a, him. He's a great editor. Does he have to be from uh, Brooklyn? <laughs> yeah, I guess. So. Yeah, okay. <laughs> hey, he's a good guy over yeah, here. Uh, um, yeah, it's an interesting one. Uh, no, I don't. I'm sure it happened. I'm so self-absorbed that uh, 
no I'm sure ever. it's been. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure it's been happening. My perception of the world is everyone hates me and I'm a piece of shit. Yeah, uh, and that's like whatever's wrong in my brain is probably tuned out plenty of times that people have like, <laughs> yeah, he's great. We love him. <laughs> and all, all I hear is like, ah, but he, fuck me. I'm terrible. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, I'm not, I'm still not uh, at a place in my life where I can emotionally accept that. I understand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, that's pretty good. Um, do you have anything? We're at the point of the show where uh, I basically step away from my, qu- Oh, how'd you get into improv? By the way, I meant to ask you that earlier. I, um, I was the editor of my school comedy magazine, uh, the plague at NYU and uh, was the president and uh, all the underclassmen uh, in the late nineties were going to this place called the UCB theater in New York. And cool. they were like, you should come check out improv. And I was like, fuck improv. Improv's dumb. Yeah. What the fuck is wrong with you? You idiots. Yeah. Uh, and, um, <laughs> You know, that's when the UCB was first getting started. And so, like, right, I moved to New Orleans after college. And, like, the week before, I finally got let myself be dragged to an improv show. And I was like, oh, no, this is what I want to do with my life. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Shit. Shit, it is good. Shit. And also, I was here at the ground floor of this amazing thing and ignored it for several years. Uh, so... I went to New Orleans and eventually uh, hooked up with uh, some theater folks there after a few years. But I was obsessed for like three years, obsessing about improv in New Orleans where there was none. Yeah. And like, just like Googling it and like doing research and like, but I didn't, I'd never, there was no one teaching. And then eventually someone did and, you know, da 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 da. Was, how, how much has Whose Line Is It Anyways helped improv? Did you see like um, a big influx whenever that was Well, it was around, the British or? version was on Comedy Central in the 90s, and that was my only experience seeing improv was Whose Line Is It Anyway? Yeah. Um, which the first few times I saw it, I was like, that's hilarious. And then I was like, I'm bored. This is dumb. So that's what I thought improv was. Yeah. Was this thing that's like a parlor trick that was funny, but ultimately not what I wanted to do creatively because, you know, I, I um, and it, that's why I didn't go to UCB because that's what I thought they were trying to drag me to see. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't mind that kind of improv. Um, I've since matured in my opinion of it, uh, but I don't mind that kind of improv or look down on it. It's just not what I want to do because I don't get the same intellectual stimulation out of it. I feel you, yeah. So um, I don't think it's helped or hurt. There's there's kind of parallel worlds of improv that have sprung up over the last 40 years. One of them is um, uh, from an improv teacher named Keith Johnstone, uh, and that's kind of where the who's line is it anyway, and uh, these theater sports and these kind of imp- improv improvisational strands that include some long form improv, but a lot of short form improv as well. And then, you know, the kind of other strand is the Chicago school, which was kind of uh, founded or spearheaded or championed by this teacher named Del Close. And that's IO and UCB and where we come from. And, you know, the change in the last decade or more is that um, so many people in the comedy world have come up through that kind of improv that, Chicago improv uh, circuit um, and now control all the strings. So that, you know, it used to be if you said improv, people are like, oh, like whose line? Now you say improv, people are like, oh, like UCB, yeah. um, which is different, which is good 
for me because now people know what the fuck I'm doing. Yeah. And I don't have to explain it to them yeah. as much. For sure. Yeah. For sure. That's awesome. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's helpful. Yeah, no. Sure. <laughs> it helps uh, shorten the, this is what I do. Yeah. Um, uh, we're at the point in the podcast mm. where uh, I step away from my questioning. And uh, if Ooh. you have any questions for me or anything that you want to plug, um, you yeah. also have a podcast. Yeah. Um, that's uh, if you want to plug your podcast, by the way, or stay anonymous. I don't know. It's up to you. No, I'll do it. Um, I have a sketch comedy podcast called Victrola that uh, is written through improv, uh, but all the not funny parts are edited out. It's <laughs> uh, <That was> great. <laughs> yeah, and uh, uh, it's. Um, yeah, it's uh, we're in between seasons right now, but uh, we'll be back for season three, February 1st, but there'll be some best of episodes coming out. And uh, we just released an album on uh, Sure Thing Records, uh, Austin label. That's um, um, just a sketch comedy album. That's um, awesome, man. I didn't know about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweet. Yeah, it's, uh, it's doing okay, I think. Uh, we haven't gotten our sales numbers back yet, but uh, <laughs> fingers, fingers crossed I can afford that boat. Oh, uh, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um... <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that's kind of been like the main thrust of creative output for the last few years that cool. I've, been, I've been focused on. Um, uh, yeah, and then and then if anybody wants to take improv, yeah, coldtowntheater.com. Sweet, very cool. Yeah. Um, and then we always end the podcast with the poop story. Have you ever pooped your pants? Or oh, I have. Yeah. <laughs> You want to tell us about that story? Yeah, uh, I guess it involves the improv theater. Cool. So uh, that's great. Midnight Society is <clears throat> an improv troupe uh, that I mentioned earlier, and they do a show every Saturday night at ten at Cold Town. Uh, they used to do a sketch show, and uh, they did a Christmas themed sketch show. And I used to be in the sketch show. I wasn't in the improv troupe, but I do sketches with them. And they had a sketch where the basic sketch was drinking eggnog as much eggnog as you could get. <laughs> And um, I've done the sketch like six times at that point. It's a joke of chugging eggnog and spilling all over me. Yeah. Something happened in my body that night, and I'd finished the eggnog, and I was like, something ain't right. <laughs> and everyone else drank the same eggnog. No one else got sick. But there was a party afterwards. They were like doing a Christmas party and a hangout, and I was in just theater? like- theater? Yeah, in the theater, and I was just like stone-faced silent. <laughs> Sweating bullets. Sweating, and I just didn't feel right. And everyone's like, everyone thought I was pissed, and I just left without talking. And everyone was like, <laughs> texting me, like, are you pissed? What had happened? Like, because they, in their mind, something went wrong in the show, and I just fucking yeah. stormed out of the theater. Yeah. I got home and uh, uh, puked my guts out. This is getting to the poop part. Um, <laughs> and uh, the, uh, eventually I passed out in my, like, pajama bottoms in front of the toilet and I, yeah. wo I woke up and I had just liquid shit myself <laughs> all the way down. I woke up on the tiles and my just pants were as if they had dipped them in shit and then put them back on my body. <laughs> and so this was, and I woke up like shivering and sweating on the floor, still yeah. vomiting, still shitting oh, like the man. next morning. Yeah, it's the worst when it comes out of both ends. Yeah, that was, a, that was a rough, uh, and I was single at the time. Which I don't know if it's better or worse, but I was alone, so so like there was no one to like. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> I had no means of anyone. I could have died, and no one would have found my body for like three weeks. Probably for the best. Yeah, I'm, I'm reminiscent of a, a young lady uh, that I was in a. Ooh, a young lady. Ooh, a young lady. Huh? <laughs> a, a young, young lady, lady in this shit story. <laughs> yeah. 
remember just like politely being like, will you leave? Yeah. <laughs> I'm really go. sick. I yeah. gotta go. Um, well, get yourself in a relationship where you feel comfortable having diarrhea. Just diarrhea all the time. Cha-cha-cha. Get you, get you a young lady that can do both. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but that was, that's the only time I shit myself. Um, really? Yeah. Nice yeah. work, man. I mean, I'm not going to count, you know, there's some... pre-age five. I'm sure there's some. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, those don't count. Those, yeah. I, these are just adult shits. Yeah. Those no just... no adult shits. Um, <laughs> Outside of that one. Some close calls. But, and you were but... sort of unconscious for it. So. Yeah. Good on you, man. Yeah. Wait a good. Powerful sphincter. No, uh, yeah, powerful sphincter. <laughs> that should be the subtitle of my. That's what we're gonna title this yeah. uh, this whole episode. Yeah, powerful sphincter. Um, I'm just kidding. <clears throat> well, cool. That's it yeah. for us. Uh, thanks for talking to me, man. Uh, shedding some light on some improv. Yeah. Uh, play us out, shitty ukulele. Can we go over? No, no, no. We're good. I was just. <laughs> <laughs>